Welcome to Secret Lowlands Podcast, a digital connecting point, a fresh energy portal into connecting with internal and external worlds, expanding our consciousness and building aligned communities, businesses and projects, using rituals, mindfulness practices, authentic relating, conscious business tools, spirituality and, of course, social media as a manifestation tool. I'm your host, Agle, creative energy guide, visual artist and authentic ritual designer. Welcome to the new dimension. So today's episode is quite an unusual one for this fresh podcast because I do have a guest and this is a recording of an Instagram live I did with Marta. Marta is a truly interesting being who is at her core exploring all things self-awareness human connection, authentic relating, mindfulness, and most importantly, writing in a conscious way. And so we're going to touch upon these topics in today's episode. As I said, it is a recording from Instagram Live, so it might feel a bit odd at times. Just bear with us. And yeah, I thought... Not everyone likes to watch lengthy videos, so my purpose was here to convert the conversation, which I think was truly beautiful and meaningful, not only to us, but to others as well, and make it into a podcast so it is easily accessible and you can listen to it at your own time, at your own comfort. So I hope you'll enjoy. I send you much love. And let's dive in. Ah, yes. Hi. Hi, we're just like, I've never done this before. I don't know how I connect. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so funny. So, yes, we are here. We're alive. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's quite exciting. I was looking forward to it. And thank you for making this happen. It's uh, for me at this point, this is like really getting out there and speaking. uh, It's important. It's an important part of the process. So I'm grateful to be here. Yes, same. I'm really grateful that you decided that. Yeah, I'm going to join, uh, even though it was a very short notice. You said, yeah, whatever, let's do it. So it's, it's really nice. You know what I thought? First of all, um, this is Marta. So um... hello. <laughs> so, hello. And uh, <laughs> Marta, where are you at at the moment? Precisely in Bonnyrigg, which is a town next to Edinburgh in Scotland. Yeah, I really miss Edinburgh, actually. Mm-hmm. I realized... It's just such a mystical place after all. 
for me. Yeah. Wow, crazy. It's, it's exactly where we met. And so, you know, I thought just to start, we shall, because you know, everybody starts with introducing themselves. And I feel like people are like, just, we don't care what you do. Just tell us how you feel, you know, but like, what's, how, why would I care about you? Or why would I relate with you? So sharing a little bit about how we actually met. Because it's a quite an interesting, quite an interesting journey, at least for me personally, because we met through, through a lover. <laughs> I, now I know why you mentioned jealousy, huh? <laughs> yes, but I really wanted to talk about it, you know, from my perspective so much, because this was quite a turning point in my life and the way I am. And so, yeah, I, I might start and then you can add your, um, your mm -hmm. side onto it. So basically, um, Marta and I, yes, we met through a lover. It's a lover at different times. And so um, I was really, really struggling with jealousy in my life, and especially at that time, like incredibly. You know, I didn't really talk about it enough on social media yet, but I think this is such a hard and terrible experience and yet so important to talk about because I see this everywhere and nobody talks about it and nobody really makes space to talk about it. So jealousy, I was really, really like um, obsessed with jealousy overall because I think at the time I had very low self-worth really low self-esteem and I think it's a perfect recipe to feel jealous and insecure if you're in a relationship especially when your partner has so many beautiful ex-partners and like he's very good friends with them so you feel like whoa whoa everything is trembling and shaking in your life and so um yes I had to face that and you know it got to the point where I just couldn't control that it was so bad like so so bad to pretty extreme and I realized okay I really need to do something about it so um, I decided that I will start therapy and I thought that I will go into it you know during my therapy and at the same time a lover left uh, so we had a little break not like left left but I had a little break and meanwhile he went to visit you and you were an ex-lover so for me it was like oh my god you know what an experience it was because you guys lived for a month together at that time and I remember I had my psychotherapy session and my therapist he <laughs> another choice I made it was a crazy choice so this uh, Lithuanian dude and he was like I told him the story and I was really coming with this like I want you to help I know that being jealous is so wrong it feels wrong in my body it's not right um and you know what he was saying your relationship is doomed what do you mean he went to live with the, with his ex-lover this would never happen to my wife and he started this and i was like oh my god where i'm at this is not what i signed up for i want to integrate this because i believe that we mm -hmm. can be okay without jealousy we can have self-worth and and what happened that um after maybe another year or two when we finally met um there was this shift because i already did a lot of work i did a lot of integration over that and i was still very like insecure but at the same time i was so curious because i knew that you're a super nice person super interesting and, and sweet and and i just really wanted to make friends with you 
despite my, you know, jealousy and all that charge I had. And so when we met, like, we couldn't stop talking. And after that, we've experienced so many wonderful things. And it feels like everything transformed and shifted. And we could show up so openly and honestly to each mm. other. So I just want to hear maybe you have something as mm. well to add to this mad story. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting because my experience of it's not as different from yours, actually, in, in terms of feeling jealousy. Or maybe I would call it more my insecurity, but it's just a matter of wording. But what, what struck me was you talking about this therapist. I feel like, because we want to talk about authentic relating today as well. So this is why I mentioned this, that um, I feel like uh, this kind of relationship or setup dynamic, like your partner going to stay with, your, with his ex-partner and you feeling jealous of it, yet you wanted to work through it. You wanted to see that jealousy as something you can process and from which you can grow it feels like in especially in this situation that you described with your therapist it feels like a different paradigm you know it's like uh, mm -hmm. we want to have relationships and now I'm talking for the both of us because I kind of know we're on the same page here we want to have this kinds of relationships when a lot more is allowed I suppose mm -hmm. and when connection is so deep and so vast that it can contain a lot of things. So it can contain jealousy, it can contain discomfort. And these things are not seen as obstacles to connection, but actually opportunities. So when you, when you say that about the therapist, I feel, uh, I, I feel like it's, it's difficult what we are trying to do, you know, because the way we were brought up doesn't encourage that necessarily, or like the, the old generation, if I can call it that. And it's not that older generations, people always think like that, but, but it is kind of the paradigm of, our parents maybe uh, that you, a relationship a romantic relationship needs to look in a certain way and the partners are allowed certain things and that's kind of the box that you need to fit um, so yeah uh, for me it was um, it was hard to let go of that lover that we're talking about and that's why I had some feelings towards you even before I met you as someone who's in a way superior because you had that lover of mine <laughs> that I couldn't fully let go. Um, so yeah, I mean, it could be called jealousy as well in a way. And I remember that period of staying uh, with him for that month. Um, and, and I was at that same time, I was feeling like the inferior one, knowing that he's in touch with you and that there is a lot going on there and there is a deep connection between the two of you because it was obvious to me. Um, so from, from that side, there was also... Uh, yeah discomfort and at the same time curiosity i guess because i because of knowing him i kind of imagined that you also must be the kind of person i would like to relate to and i would like to connect to um that there was that um and then yeah and then uh i think a year we haven't even known each other for a year now in person I yeah feel. actually like, yes. like the first the first thing that we did was actually a ritual like okay we, we met before but it felt like that meeting before was just so brief and so out of context that I didn't really register it as as a beginning of our relationship but that ritual um, and now that we're talking about this I'm, I'm also thinking that maybe it was not a complete coincidence you know I mean you initiated that ritual uh, you and him actually or him and you I, I don't know who was the initiator but but it felt like maybe this was the setup for us to meet because the ritual is a safe space in a way 
Um, so maybe this was our way, like maybe even not fully consciously, for me at least, it wasn't fully conscious that, oh, we were meeting in this way and maybe it's on purpose. Uh, yeah, but maybe there was something about it that allowed us to open up this relationship in this way. Yeah, that was just safe enough. Yeah, and you know, obviously we knew of each other for like a long time because, well, we've heard about each other and you know, I, I was reading your articles. So I will maybe slowly try to introduce you now through what we're talking about. So Marta, I have so many things written about you on my notebook, you know, because I feel like I see so much in you. And I have to say that I really, I dislike to... Um, put labels and identify myself with particular specialty or this or that and I feel like you are kind of on the same page with me but at the same time we do need to find those words so we can communicate our message to other people and what we're called to do here so I will try to I will try to um, talk about you from my perspective and if I say something wrong then you can always correct me so yeah Marta she is a writer She's an author of a book and she is uh, building self-awareness community as well um, via her blog. And uh, yeah, she has like thousands of followers on Medium. Um, and uh, she's a mindfulness practitioner and she is authentic relating practitioner. And also um, she is supporting writers in... Um, empowering writers through mindfulness so kind of offering coaching for people who want to write in a mindful and conscious and connected with one's heart way and so yeah so many things so many things and I could go on and on but I would say that these are kind of the core at the moment at least the way I see you so please correct me if I'm wrong it's a beautiful introduction thank you and and I like the I guess I, I like the label, label practitioner because it doesn't imply like I'm a teacher of some sort or I'm, I'm, I'm an expert, but it's more like I just, I want to practice certain things in my life and then share them with others. Um, and yeah, authentic relating and mindfulness and self-awareness. These are kind of my keywords at the moment. And what I really want to do is to facilitate experiences for people. So right now I'm developing this uh, coaching program for writers where I would like to introduce mindfulness as a tool to dig up ideas, but also to learn to pay attention to those aspects of reality that maybe other people won't pick up on. I watched this movie, Finding Joe, uh, last night. I don't know if you heard about the movie. It's basically about a hero journey and how we are all on our own hero journey, going through a separation phase and then transformation and then going back to um, society in a way. And there was this very powerful sentence of how we are sentenced or like someone was speaking about it for, for a while, that most of people in the society are kind of hypnotized or at least we are very likely to be hypnotized to stay in that comfort zone of mm -hmm. doing certain things in a day like following a routine and kind of being a perfect uh, clockwork in the machine something like that and so i thought when i was hearing this i thought that for a writer it's probably the most important thing is not to be that clockwork and to be able to see things kind of from a distance and removed so so not just write what everybody else writes because that's actually quite easy to do these days like if you go on medium and there is a lot of self-improvement self-help 
psychology uh, stuff. This is at least my niche. So, so this is the niche I can speak about. And it feels like there are some writers who kind of copy paste ideas just because it, it, probably they believe in those ideas. It doesn't seem fake, mm -hmm. but it also doesn't seem like they are looking at, like they are describing things from their own very unique point of view. And this is where mindfulness comes in for me because mindfulness allows you to decide where you pay attention and how you pay attention and to which things and mm -hmm. to develop that unique creative process that only you can have. Because I believe that, that every writer has their very own unique way of approaching this as any artist, as any person actually. But, but it just seems that in writing to offer something unique and a different perspective this seems particularly important to know where your focus is to know how to source those ideas and and also kind of separate the ideas that you want to do just to be popular for example because to me it happened many times like I was drawn to just writing certain types of articles because a part of me thought oh this is how I'm going to make money fast this is how I'm going to attract people but then writing those uh, articles is never sustainable because I always get bored of writing them and they never feel very meaningful to write. And so I feel like this, there's a lot of internal processing going on when you pick what to write and how to write about it. And so right now I want to help people who have something to say, uh, people with expertise, like um, a person I'm, I'm working with right now is focused on education and making a change in education and, and mindfulness bringing some mindfulness to education and to teachers, actually. And so I would like to help someone like that who has a very specific area of knowledge to express that knowledge in a way that's true to themselves and also helpful to other people. And I feel like, yeah, the, the way to do it is not only to have those technical writing skills, but it's also to have those internal skills to know yourself enough uh, to know what you write when you write like how does your creative process works how does your motivation work um, and actually now I, I would like to point uh, the, the light on you Agla because you have this pretty innovative method that I don't know that much about I mean we okay. have been exchanging a little bit about uh, what we've been doing because it's, it's pretty intense uh, time for both of us <laughs> <laughs> and so you know I have an idea of what empowering ritual method is like my own ideas and based on um, a few group calls that we had. Uh, but can you actually explain uh, what, yeah, how mm. does it work? What have you discovered so far? Because you've been working with people recently, one-on-one -on -one and in a group. Yeah, wow, you know, it's, it's intense. And at the same time, it's ending right now, like the, the first uh, session I initiated and it's starting to feel quite sad <laughs> because um, we became really close with the participants. So yeah, empowering ritual method. I, this is such, you know, I could talk about it for, for days because I'm so in it right now. And uh, just to try somehow to summarize it. So I'm coming from a similar kind of background um, in a way because I'm, I'm a visual artist by, by trade. Um, I, did, I studied filmmaking. I earned from photography and filmmaking, uh, design, all stuff like that, which is very visual based. But my journey, my hero's journey, <laughs> was a very complicated and very long in order for myself to really allow myself to express myself in the way I want. And I think that is because I always wanted to be authentic and talk from my heart and talk the feelings which are not 
easy and not everybody wants to talk about and listen to but I needed to express I feel like that's my gift and not only that I need to express but I also feel like my gift you know some some people like to bring others down and I feel like my purpose in this life is to lift people up but to lift people up in a way that they find the the strength and the power within themselves to do the things they are called to do. So just as you said, that a lot of us have this tendency to fall into the comfort zone and completely be obscured from our gifts, from what we really truly care about and mean. And so when I see that, I started seeing it, of course, I've experienced it myself, kind of really trying to just fall into comfort zone and look for comfort zone so I can fit in rather than really overcome my fears and my limiting beliefs you know and really truly go full in with my creativity and expression I suppressed that for a long long time and I struggled so much and I had so much you know what happens when you suppress your authenticity you get depressed because you suppress you know mm -hmm. so I started getting depressed I started getting really upset you know and all the shadows started coming to the surface like for example jealousy you know all this and things were really taking me you know universe is always guiding you exactly where you need to go so I was really guided into some dark spirals in my life um, until I really really decided that that's time to stop bullshitting messing around and really commit to my what my calling is and I needed to take a lot of time to really tune in and listen what is my calling how can I serve others so what our calling is is not about me as an ego ugly I'm going to present myself and this and that but how can I serve others and so I realized yes my gift is noticing the gifts of others and encouraging them and providing them with tools um, for them to empower themselves from within so they never need to give their own power to anyone else anymore so empowering ritual method is exactly that um, it's kind of helping a person leading them by their hand to through the process through the journey of um, deep transformation so first overcoming fears limiting beliefs and then diving deep into the tools and methods of um, creativity awakening the creativity creating and then how we can use social media very specific very practical tools how can we use social media in order to manifest how can we use social media to from a conscious place from a open heart connected place and this is a game changer and i see that in myself as i started you know being showing up and embodying what am I about and what I'm facilitating because I also I'm facilitating a journey I'm not a teacher I'm not like you know I don't think that anyone is more of an expert of their lives as they are so I'm just here to facilitate and guide you and give you my hand if you need it but the work is really yours and so yes it's incredible I see that great unraveling in these beautiful people I work with and as I work with those people I also feel a huge transformation within and we're creating this community because we work in the group and we work separately individually so it's a very hands-on and very intense and very supportive environment and um, yeah we're building community like we're not going to end with this course you know we're gonna um, meet in circles we're gonna share ideas we're gonna share our feelings so I'm kind of creating a space where 
sharing feelings, showing up for ourselves is okay. And my goal and everyone goes around me is to recognize each other and um, encourage each other, basically, mm. in a nutshell. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very simple what you explained. At the same time, this kind of space is sometimes very rare to come by. So a space where you can celebrate yourself and empower yourself. And when other people see you for maybe even more than you see yourself. Like th this is something that I picked up on when you were talking, because this is something that I know I desperately need sometimes. And I experienced this with you many times uh, through our friendship, you expressing ideas about me that I'm like, wow, this is how I want to see myself. This is like my, uh, you know, aspirational identity. And, and you already see that in me. So I know exactly how empowering this can be. And I have, I'm, I'm lucky, I have a few people in my life who, who see me uh, in this way. And so I think it's, um, like you talk about the comfort zone and to me, it's always a double-edged double uh, sword. Like I, I, I believe that we need to leave uh, our comfort zone, but also that we need to know how to do it. And then we also need comfort to kind of balance it off. Because what you're describing is basically some, a lot of profound comfort on this level of being accepted as you are in a community where you can really come to a circle or a group call that you are having and you know that you will be um, just welcome as you are and you don't have to pretend anything and at the same time yeah stretching yourself is necessary to grow uh, because how else will we do new things if we don't try to do them um, that balance uh, is important and exactly and you know i wanted to say that we were so at the very i think meeting you overcoming that integrating you know that darkness of jealousy and you know i really went from seeing others as a competition to seeing others as collaboration so i talked with you about it and i really had to make a huge shift within and it really came with, you know, recognizing my worth and working with self-confidence so then I can recognize my worth, I can recognize others' worth too. Mm -hmm. And so when we met, there was a, such a breaking point because as you said, we met the first time really deeply um, in a summer solstice ritual. And we started playing um, with meeting and gathering and a ritualistic kind of environment. And so I want to talk about rituals and their meaning to you personally and i mean i know that we are very kind of similar in this uh, how we relate to rituals so um, i would love to hear your perspective because you know what happens when people hear empowering ritual method people get so freaked out about that word ritual like what is she talking about what kind of shamanism mm -hmm. is she practicing and you know that really can put someone off because we are not really using this language in our daily life in fact we did lose the connection with ritualistic nature in general so mm -hmm. please if you could give me some insights and everyone who is watching or will watch in the future what a ritualist you marta and um, you have such beautiful way to explain your experiences so I, I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you. Although now you set the bar very high. Um, what is ritual? I mean, it's, I, I'm kind of uh, inclined to talk from a research perspective almost because I've been writing something about it, you know, and, and I have this, all these ideas, like almost academic ideas about what it is. But I think it is actually uh, curious to mention it. I mean, for me, when I discovered that, it was really curious because basically most of the research that I read um, indicates that this is our innate behavior to be ritualistic creatures. So it's not something that we made up 
because of beliefs in gods or it's not something that we made because of our beliefs it's rather that we created beliefs around for example religious beliefs to support uh, why we do rituals and there were some very nice studies about this like there's okay this one study i will i will talk about it because it's just super curious to me so there was this uh, experiment in which uh, they put people uh, with a sculpture. So, so the task of the participants of the survey was to um, present a sculpture in front of an angry group of uh, judges. It was like you're, you're presenting something that you have no idea about, like a random sculpture, and you have to talk about it for five minutes. And in front of you, there's a group of angry people like ready to lash out at you. So a very stressful situation, basically. And so what the study found, they put um, motion um, registration on the, like the technology on, on the wrists. And so they found that the more stressed the people were, the more repetitive their movement behave, uh, their, their movements became. So they were kind of calming themselves down very intuitively, very unconsciously, just by repeating certain sequences of movements. And this is what a ritual is in, in essence. It's like a predetermined sequence of events, either movements or activities that you know what's going to happen. So like in a sharing circle, for example, the structure is known. And I think for me, this is the essence of the ritual is the structure um, and predictability. And this is how the ritual can help find stability and center ourselves if almost no matter what's going on. Of course, it's not to say that you can be completely calm always, but it, had, it has this effect because of the way it's, um, it's biological to us. It's like intuitive to us. It's, it's, it's inborn almost. So yeah, I see this as a, as a very big uh, part. It's just sitting down to do a ritual and particularly with other people because you know what's going to happen. So I think a sharing circle is a good example because there's usually a, a structure to it. So there's, we're sitting down, someone explains the rules and agreements that we agree this to be confidential and a few other rules maybe, and then explains that we are going to share one by one in a circle. There's going to be one round or two rounds of sharing. When one person finishes, they pass on an object, for example, like a talking stick, whatever mm -hmm. people use. Being in a, in a ritual like this, you know there's going to be space for you to express yourself profoundly in, in the case of the sharing circle. But at the same time, because there, there are rules that we agreed to before, it feels safer. And I'm saying this from my experience, but also from speaking to other people and, uh, well, the research. Because <laughs> there is research confirming that as mm. well. So basically that, we, we are given a container. And, and so it's a bit of a paradox because within the rules, sometimes we can be more free than outside of them. I think therapy is also... A good example because in therapy there are also certain rules um, like there is an agreement how much are we going to talk how much do I pay you for a session these kinds of things and because of that it's it's a, this special setting when you go and it's um, the intention there is to share well the difficult stuff and work through the difficult stuff usually so yeah and the intention is also another element uh with which the the ritual is created and and i feel like this is another thing that makes it very power powerful just because people express or even don't express their intentions before it just feels like we yeah we can make something happen just because we intend it and it's not necessarily some kind of magic that i intend for the rain to fall uh, you know <laughs> in, in an hour 
<laughs> but it's more about creating a certain feeling. Um, and, and after all, this is what we all are looking for, certain types of feelings. And actually, we, well, as you very well know, because <laughs> you practice this as well, we have a lot of power to create the kind of feelings that we want to experience. And the ritual is like a, it's like a tool for doing that. And finally, well, depending on whether you do it on your own or with other people, but now I'm thinking more in terms of group rituals. Um, it's just a way to connect that is, uh, that is uh, something that we don't experience in this day-to-day -day interactions. It's, it's just very intentional. Uh, and I'm experiencing now a lot of this in, in that authentic relating course and the community that I'm getting to know, uh, that there is just a certain type of connection the relational connection maybe we also spoke about this uh well outside of this life when, when we can sh when we can connect to what's happening between the two of us or more of us in this moment so not explain our stories from other space and time but actually communicate what's going on for us right now and i feel like ritual is also a very um agreeable space uh to to do that so there's there's just it seems like it's it's an opportunity to experience a lot of things that we all want, basically. Mm. But we sometimes maybe we don't know how to do it when we go about our lives. But in that intentional space of a ritual, we can create almost anything. Um, yeah. It's like a celebration. It's like a creating intentional celebration and giving ourselves permission in our life to celebrate life and each other and connection with everything more. And you know, what I noticed when I left Lithuania, when I moved away from my home country and all the traditions, and I just started living on my own completely randomly, this young person who is just trying to build something from scratch, I realized that I lost all, all my rituals. I lost because mm. I stopped celebrating, you know, even Christmas and everything because I was working, you know. Life got completely out of whack. And, um, and I didn't have anything to ground myself because ritualistic things were completely, like, not a thing in my head at the moment. I was really, like, unconscious and basic at the time. So, mm. um, so I realized how suddenly my life became very... 2D maybe even, you know, like very, it became very simple, very boring, very um, shallow kind of almost, you know, not that emotionally, of course, there was a lot going on, but I didn't even have a space, I didn't create a space to really experience and recognize that. And mm. so um, I realized after so many years that, well, I lost all the traditions, all the rituals, which maybe we weren't so conscious of, like Christmas, birthdays, all that, which was mm. made into celebration, which all cultures have. I lost that because I was just by myself or with people of different cultures. So we didn't celebrate things in that way. And then when I became more mature and especially I started practicing more consciousness and conscious in bringing intention into my life. And then I met you. And when I started exploring rituals, you know, my, my initial kind of inspiration to um, go deeper into ritualistic nature was because I wanted to connect with nature deep, deeper and with what's happening with our nature, with all the wheel of the year i think or what's the name actually i don't remember you know like when like there's a summer solstice equinox and all these movements of our planet these were so like 
I, I felt like I really, really want to be deeper, deeply connected with nature. So I thought, okay, how can I celebrate? Okay, how did my ancestors celebrate? Because, you know, Lithuanians were pagans for the longest of times in, in Europe. And so they were really connected to nature through rituals. And so I realized that if we bring rituals, if we just create them, it's just such a celebratory feeling. And when we started doing rituals together with you and with other friends, it all became like, wow, I'm looking forward to this meeting, not because we're going to a pub to get drunk or whatever, but we're going to consciously connect, have some cocoa, share some stories and our feelings and our fears and, and how we want to move through life. And that was just like, whoa, eye-opening. And I think thanks to that practice and our circles, which we had so intensely at some point in the summer, I think thanks to that, this, this you know, I am where I am right now because we initiated such beautiful unraveling for ourselves and we were there to hold space for each other. And so, as you said, you know, we don't know each other even for a year, like personally, but our experiences, they were all very authentic. We've mm. ex we went straight into authenticity with you, straight into how are how are you feeling how i am feeling and we were triggered and we went through a lot of complex uncomfortable stuff but we were holding that space with such maturity to me this is completely new because i'm such a i get into conflict so easy peasy that it with you this was such a unique way of relating so wow and you know i thought well maybe we can use this then as um as a gateway to authentic um, relating, because I guess this is kind of related and you are now practicing it and you are on this wonderful course, wonderful people in this community of authentic relating. So please share this wisdom and what you're gathering. Um, what can I share about this? It's, with this, I feel like, I, I always feel like a beginner in my relationships for some reason, um, because I, I used to think that authenticity is like a one zero thing. It's either you're authentic or you're not authentic person, like overall, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and now the more I'm in this course and I'm practicing, um, there is this community of, of practice uh, online that they have that you can join their events and, and just practice circling. And yeah, so I've been practicing some of it and I'm realizing that there are, um, it, it's just, it just differs from moment to moment. Like relationships are actually very fluid or connection is very fluid. Yeah, it's, it's still a bit hard to kind of like, like say what's, uh, what's at the core of it, because I'm still in, the, it feels like I'm in the middle of the process, I'm in the middle of a course. Um, so, um, so just to say one thing uh, is not that uh, obvious w w what that would be, but there was actually something that stuck with me. Uh, let me... <laughs> No, I mean, a lot of things that stuck with me um, there. I, I think maybe one of the most important things that I learned so far is that we, we get to choose which part, of, which part of ourselves we show. Like, this is something that really spoke to me, that in, at any given moment, there's authenticity can mean a lot of things. So as an example, right in this moment, uh, yeah, I could... A moment ago, I felt a bit self-conscious, like, oh, what am I going to say about this? And then there are two ways that this can go, or more ways that this can go. Like, which side of myself 
do I show? And one side of me wants to hide in this moment because I'm like, oh my God, no, wait, maybe someone is watching this. I mean, it looks like six people, you know? <laughs> you know, and, and it, it is authentic in a way because this is what's happening for me. This is what's coming up for me. It's true that I want to hide because I feel insecure. But hey, there is another part of me as well that is really enjoying this conversation and wants to stay engaged and wants to move this forward and wants to say something that will, you know, that get a response from you, uh, maybe be interesting to someone who's listening, maybe be interesting to me myself. And so I realized that in each moment, we actually have this choice of which side of ourselves we show. And there's more sides. I just spoke about two, but there could be another, like I could be hungry and thinking about lunch. Like, so there, there are so many possible actions to take, but then ultimately you choose just one, you choose how you show up. And so I think this is the first moment when I understood the meaning of values, because this is ultimately how I pick which side of myself I show. And ideally I, I pick it uh, based on my values. Yeah. So, so in this moment, the, the value may be, um, being in connection with you, staying in connection with you, or um, practicing speaking, you know, for my own sake, um, or contribution to someone that might be listening, and I imagine it could be helpful to someone, like, I, I really hope so, it would be great. <laughs> That's also a part of motivation of why I'm here, I don't know if this is actually happening, but it is an attempt to do that. So, um, yeah, it, to me, there's always the question of courage when it comes to following my values. Uh, because there is a big part of me and, and, and I'm becoming very aware of this part of me as I am in, in this course that is really insecure. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've known about this part of myself for a long time, but I think now is the first time that I can actually see that this part of me doesn't have to be dominant part. Like I don't have to kill that part of myself and decide from now on, I'm just going to be confident always because it's obviously unrealistic but I can kind of stay with that insecurity and do something in spite of that insecurity or fear. And I guess this is maybe what you mean when you talk about get, going out of your comfort zone. It's just so many times you just know it's worth it. And you get to that point when you realize at least about some of your insecurities that they are not very real or they are not actually that threatening like what's the worst thing that can happen if I continue this conversation now okay the worst thing I might say something stupid I might look stupid you know but but when I when I when I'm conscious that this is not actually a big threat compared to that value that I have that I want to enact this actually makes that choice easier and I think maybe this is the core uh, to me of, for authentic relating a big part of it is honesty for example so being honest about how I feel and how I respond to other people sometimes it still feels like uh, inaccessible in some situations it's very hard to be honest but then again it's I realized maybe it's not like a zero one thing black or white it's maybe I'm doing as best like I'm doing my best to be honest as many times as I can but then for the times when I'm not, or I keep something hidden, because these, time, these times still happen, I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm, uh, you know, I'm continuing to, to work on this. So I, I, I just don't want this to, to stop me. And, and I guess this, uh, this aspect that we practiced in a circle together, um, actually, maybe you, you want to say something about that as well, since we've been in that experience of relating uh, having a conversation on this relational level so speaking about what's going on between us in the moment 
and I still haven't figured it out fully. Like, what, how, why is this so satisfying? Because to me, this really feels like um, the, the most fulfilling type of connection that I can have if there is a conversation going on about us in this given moment. Uh, so so I, I wonder how, how did you experience that in that exercise and how do you, how do you value that? How do you see that? You know, I really, really loved it because for, for so long in my life, I feel like um, I could not speak from my heart, you know, in general. And I could not really stand up for particular values I have. And there was no space for that. And I didn't make space for that with myself. You know, what boundaries? What boundaries are we talking about? If I don't know what my boundaries are, how can I, you know, really set those boundaries among others? That was not an existing concept. As I said, for a long time in my life, I feel like I lived very unconscious life. And then finally, you know, a huge volcano erupted. And then I started, you know, getting a little bit clarity. And so it seems like, what we did with authentic relating and talking and exploring, you know, that, okay, as I'm talking right now, I am feeling that there are people who are watching. So I'm a little bit kind of, well, I don't know. And at the same time, I just really want to be as true to myself and to my heart and engaging with you and focused and concentrated and authentic. And so to me, this is so unique because of course you don't only talk about uh, all good things. For example, you can say, as I'm talking to you right now, I feel triggered and I feel pain and I feel hurt. So for me, this is like mind bending game changing tool because, well, we can learn to communicate on the whole different level. We can learn to be true to ourselves and to each other just by openly and um, in a safe space, talking, just sharing. So to me, mm. it was just like, wow i haven't and you know i have really like i have to thank you because you you say that you struggle with honesty but i feel like in our relationship we've been nothing but honest with each other even if the feelings were really difficult and uncomfortable i think the most uncomfortable in some cases you know because they were so personal so so insecure and stuff and we managed to somehow still very beautifully shared and you have a very beautiful way of you know expressing that okay i'm feeling this right now without blaming anyone without saying you made me feel like shit i hate you but you're like okay at the moment i feel triggered i feel insecure and you're just saying that so you can protect yourself mm -hmm. it's like setting a boundary and that was to me so new and so mature to observe in you and so now with authentic relating as you're doing it seems like you're just supporting and deepening that beautiful expression authentic expression and for me it's such a beautiful way to also like i see you doing that and i'm like oh, wow, that's how I can also communicate. That's how I can also show up for others or for myself. That's impressive and really inspiring. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess it's, um, it's the, the important factor is holding that space uh, for everything to, to be able to be included in this. And actually, I remember now this concept that I wanted to mention from Authentic Relating, commitment to connection i think this is how they sum it up actually mm. that no matter it's like an agreement and i think this is why our relationship went so deep so fast because i feel we've had this agreement on our first walk if you remember when we went to blackford hill mm -hmm. that that we i don't know if we said that explicitly but i think we both agreed 
to explore this relationship like to commit to connection no matter what comes up in a way yeah. because we knew that there might be something coming up because of the jealousy because of a shared lover <laughs> not in the same time and space to those people who weren't here before <laughs> just to make sure but yeah we had that um, we had that agreement that uh, we were kind of expecting difficult things to come up and we wanted to continue with the connection uh, nevertheless and i think this is uh, this is the kind of approach that i would like to take in life uh, in general in as many relationships as i can and you're saying that uh, it's uh, i i come across as an honest person and our relationship is is yeah just honest and i feel it's also very important who you're relating to of course with some people it's going to be easier to be honest for example for us because we have that understanding that if I say in front of you, I'm jealous, or you trigger this in me, or you bring up a difficult memory in me, I know we share that understanding that you know I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying what's going on for me to, for the sake of both of us, for the sake of our relationship. Uh, so yeah, the connection is like, it's bigger than that, uh, almost. Mm. And you know that you won't, well, hopefully you know that you won't be judged. That's very important to also point out that to really express yourself the in the raw way to come to come with all your difficult emotions you have to know that you won't be judged and that you won't be understood just as one thing as we spoke with you before so much like if i am jealous i have a lot of jealousy that doesn't mean that i'm a jealous person like i have a lot of feelings that doesn't define me so mm. that's why i don't like labels so much and putting one on that because we are such complex multi-dimensional beings it would be it's so unfair to judge each other on one or other aspect of course at some points in our life we are more than something else sometimes i'm more in a jealousy mode than in self-confident mode sometimes i'm more into creative mode and sometimes i'm completely like i don't want to do anything so that doesn't define us Mm -hmm. you know so that's so important also to kind of bring and i think that's what authentic relating is about as well yes yeah it's very beautiful and it's very i feel it's very true um yeah not to identify the other person by one behavior or feeling i'm kind of repeating it too <laughs> making a mental note and as i'm as i'm saying that i'm also thinking that it's important for us to do this to be able to do this for ourselves because some some people will be able to perceive us as more than we currently are. Mm. But I'm just thinking now, in my own experience, I have a very big tendency to, if I'm insecure in one moment, insecurity is a big thing for me, obviously. Uh, if it, If I'm insecure in one moment, I tend to extend it to other areas of my life. So I might be insecure about uh, doing something at work. But then I'm starting to identify with it. And this means I will be insecure in my relationships, probably. I will be insecure when it comes to traveling. And so, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, and again, it's back to inner work, yeah? To, to be able to see yourself also as a multidimensional being that adapts to circumstances, shows up in so many different ways, depending with who you are and... And again, this brings me to ritual and empowering, like just because now I started associating this word with you, like really em empowered is kind of like your keyword to me right now. <laughs> it's, it's being regularly being in that space that allows you to experience yourself as powerful. I think this is very important because if you're trying to move forward um, 
I mean, not you, I'm, I'm saying hypothetically, <laughs> of course. If someone is trying to move forward, but they are kind of stuck in an environment that only shows them that they are powerless, like a job that you don't like or a relationship you hate or something that constantly evokes those feelings of insecurity or fear or feeling not good enough or jealousy or whatever disempowering feeling, then it's, I feel like it's very hard to get out of it um, if you don't have like a counterbalance to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking now about the first time when I moved to Edinburgh and I, because this was the time that initiated this kind of tra- transformation or the, the hero's journey. Yes. Me. Yes. Could it's you because share? I had it. Yeah. It's because I had a different kind of experience all of a sudden. I was in a different environment. People, people saw me for someone else than people back at home. And because of that, I couldn't help but start seeing myself in that new way as well. Like it was a bit disorienting at, at first because I, I didn't really know who I am. It's like mm. suddenly people treat me as someone that I think I'm not. But then after a few months, we were doing this interactive theater at some at, at that point. And I was like, what am I doing here? Obviously I, I cannot be a, in a theater. What, what, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm not an actress or anything. But because we were doing it repeatedly, it, at some point it clicked that, oh, I can be in that role as well. I can be someone else than I thought. And then I think ultimately it's about expanding your identity of like how many different people you can actually be and having this flexibility of thinking about yourself as just many things. Okay, I'm, I'm going on a trip here. I feel like maybe I'm tripping. <laughs> tripping a bit. Because I guess, my, yeah, introspection is my kind of, uh, you know, geeky subject. And you pointed that out recently. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But it's awesome as well, because once you really understand yourself, that's when you can really go and um, show up for others. Because if I'm confused within, if I'm in my deep shadows and like lost, there's no way I'm going to have mm-hmm. space for anyone else. There's no way I'm going to be a good friend, a good partner, or a good facilitator of any sort. It would be embarrassing to actually even try. So mm-hmm. I can only show up when I really showed up for myself. So it makes absolute sense what you're saying. And um, yes, I can so agree what you're saying about moving away from your birth country where you had specific culture and norms and beliefs around you. And then when you move away, you can really reprogram yourself. And so I think at the beginning, I was trying to figure out what was my identity. I felt such deep loss of identity, which is um, absolutely natural um, reoccurrent state of a lot of Lithuanian people who who went you know through from being in Soviet Russian oppression and then becoming free I mean I didn't really experience that of my parents did so it's inevitably within me like Lithuanians are like by default always looking for their sense of identity and I was so deep into that when I moved to Edinburgh I was like I don't know who I am. I don't know any of it. I'm so confused. And so that was the, also the trigger for me to really start going deeper and deeper and mm-hmm. deeper. And then the universe was just providing so generously with all the darkness and all the challenges in my life so I can really, really dig deep <laughs> and figure this out. At least try to get a glimpse of it. So yes, um, and, and so I think this also could could lead nicely into mindfulness because you are like practitioner, you have completed like courses and you write about it and you empower others to do things mindfully. So could you just talk 
about that like what mindfulness is to you and you know like what are your community um is about hmm. art is art is um mindfulness to me at the very core is probably about knowing where where my attention is and so that's like a first step um yeah being able to see like oh am i in my, in my thoughts right now okay what are these thoughts and this kind of thing where where i am but then the more i know where i am with my attention the more i can also be in charge of where i put that attention and i feel like this is a never ending journey you know i've been in in some at some points when i i, I was meditating well, i started meditating five years ago or a bit more than five years ago so and there's always some kind of expectation I suppose at least for me even with this kind of practice that is supposed to be about just sitting down and just observing but there's always it's very hard to get rid of it this uh, this thing in the back of my head that I should be somewhere by now like I should be on a certain level of mindfulness you know but it's also a non-linear journey, I realized. And there were times when I felt super tuned in and like going through my days, very aware of my physical surroundings and kind of what's happening with my body. And then it goes down again. And, and, I'm, and I feel like I'm very distracted and not present uh, at all or almost at all. Uh, but I feel like these days, mindfulness is very much about my body and my physical side because I re I'm realizing more and more how many clues there are to what's going on in my experience. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so inclined to try to figure out what's going on with me or in my life through thinking, analyzing, figuring out how to make something work, how to solve a problem. But then it's, I'm, I'm missing all the information that is on the physical level. And these days I'm trying to just become aware of it even throughout the day, you know, like, uh, pains that I've had for a very long time probably like tension in my shoulders I feel like it's something that I've had for much longer than I realized just because I wasn't paying attention to my body uh, at all and then I guess one more quality that is a part of mindfulness to me um, is not just to be aware in this cold manner of like you know like a robot monitoring my experience and <laughs> like ticking okay pain Okay, Egla laughing, you know, like this kind of, but also having this quality of loving all of it, like accepting. So coming from a place of this is all valid. This is all there's like there's nothing wrong with it, with any of it. Mm -hmm. And even if I can't see it, it's just this it's connected to trust as well. I suppose that there is everything is unfolding perfectly. It's just from my limited perspective, I sometimes cannot see it. But if I can at least remember that this is because okay everything is unfolding perfectly like someone can argue with that you know? <laughs> are oh, worst and of course it's very easy to argue with that actually but i realize that ultimately there's no better way to look at life like even regardless of it if it's true or not like even leaving it behind uh this is the kind of the, the most um uh, productive way to look at things that the most beneficial for and not just for me but I think for everyone with whom I come in contact if I'm able to look at things this way it, it kind of radiates all around um, and you also asked about the self-awareness community and it's a very interesting question because it's uh, it's going somewhere and it's growing and I can see everything is unfolding as required because the moment I I kind of um, started a month ago really I mean I started a long time ago but I, w I was never 
paying proper time and attention to it. I guess it, it was always, um, it was like a side project, very much on the sidelines. And these days when I started paying a bit more attention to actually now, my, my um, main focus is creating relationships and talking to as many people as I can and taking all the kind of opportunities that we are taking right now um, and kind of allow this to organically show me what is this about? I have a vision for it. I have a vision of creating a, an online space and further down the road, a physical space as well for people to be able to come together and feel whatever they feel, really. Like creating a space uh, for people to safely feel their feelings and express themselves. And through that, getting to know themselves as well. Because it's like the, this acceptance of, of whatever's going on with us, I feel it's like the first uh, step to deeper self-knowledge. Because if you cannot accept that you're jealous or angry, then you cannot really investigate it because you're going to be pushing it away. Mm. So it's, yeah, I, I don't still don't know. And uh, I, I'm just uh, seeing people are messaging me. Like, it's almost like the universe uh, is responding before I even mm, did that much, you know? I'm, I'm reaching out as well, of course, but there's a lot of... Um, energy flowing through in the form of people approaching me or responding to messages that I wouldn't expect them to respond. Uh, synchronicities, I guess that's called. And so I'm very hopeful because of that. I feel like uh, this is a journey that I really can't predict and I cannot plan, but I can see there is a need for that kind of uh, work, self-work, or maybe work is not even the best uh, word it's like yeah. self-exploration it's like a journey it's like an adventure that i want to invite people to take uh, and what's my role in it i don't know like i, I still don't know if it's uh, being a guide or creating experiences is a certain certainly a part of it uh, but i don't know the form like this now i am experimenting with uh, writers and seeing how this can work because it's really the same work how this can work yeah. for people who create something, uh, especially writers, because this is the craft that I know. Um, so yeah, wow, it's, uh, your question sparked so much excitement. It's almost like I can't contain myself. I even need to undress. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is amazing because you know what I really, really see and what I like keep on advocating and I keep on talking about, and especially in my course as well, in the Empowering Ritual Method, is that when you come, when you show up 100% in your life from your heart, when you show up from the place which feels centered and right for you, then the whole universe is supporting you. There's no doubt in that. And I also see what you're saying, connections open up. It's incredible to see how one can be so lonely and disconnected and so, you know, nobody cares about me. From that to shift to complete openness and complete immersive kind of experience and feel one with everything just because you align with your heart. Mm -hmm. And then the whole universe wants to push you and give you a hand to just do your, your heart's work. So I feel like, of course, and this is how you know. This is how you know that you're on the right path when you feel supported, when synchronicities happen, when other people align, when other people come to you, when you exchange ideas, it's, it's, I really, that's exactly why I'm doing the work I'm doing because I want more people to experience it because I feel like a privileged, like a blessed one that I'm going on this journey and I see so many people are not. I want more people to go there because it's our birthright 
to be on this journey, mm. connected with our heart and sharing our gifts because each of us have a gift and a purpose. Whatever that is, we all have it. So coming from that and sharing and exchanging that is all yes yeah, so 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 wonderful and i'm i'm so happy that i'm on this journey with you even though we're now in completely different countries and we're not so close anymore physically but yet i feel so close energetically like so in alignment and we can share so much and we can spread this beauty and joy together and i feel again meeting you i just realized that we are so much stronger together and never 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 underestimate that like on your own you're cool but together with someone you can mm. do such amazing wonderful things so i want to ask about your book because you just launched a book not long ago you released your you published a book not long ago and i i really want you to share because we didn't even talk about it so much so what's the name of it and and what is it about and yes so it's called ego friendly um, <gasps> Ego-friendly. <laughs> ego like eco-friendly, but ego-friendly. Um, and it talks about our relationship with our ego. This is something uh, that, that came through, through for me personally. Um, I guess I just went through a lot of difficult experiences because I um, absorbed those teachings of letting go of ego. And it's, I'm not saying it's bad teaching or it's, it's not true or nothing like that. It just, I just feel that sometimes it's imposed in such a way. And I, and I spoke to some people about it. So I know it's not just my experience that people feel like they should be ego. Like it's a, it's a thing. It's a moral thing that they should be egoless, like kill their ego. There is a whole language about that as well that I write yeah. a little bit about in the book, it's, which is a bit violent. Killing the ego, or ego is the enemy. A very famous book by Ryan Holiday, and and he he meant only good things in it. You know, I I didn't read it in full, but like in essence, it's um, it's not a bad book. It's just the language that around it maybe encourages some of us, and me for sure, encouraged to kind of beat ourselves up for the fact that we have an ego. And I stopped right there at some point because like, okay, I'm, I, something was wrong because I was studying, uh, at the time I was studying mindfulness at the university and there was a lot of, you know, a psychology there and, and talking about ego as just a mechanism that we have, like a cognitive function, like a very natural thing that we have. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Like, is this, it's not very coherent. It, it seems like it's necessary actually for us to have and so I started digging into that topic. And, uh, and so what I discovered that happened for me uh, is that because of wanting to get rid of ego and, and deeming ego the enemy, it's almost like I started seeing myself as my own enemy. Mm. So I, I insisted that I shouldn't have, like I should accept everyone as they are, you know, because just this is just the flow of life. I should be this uh, mindful uh, Buddha, whatever. <laughs> And I realized that, first of all, I don't have any boundaries when I'm doing that. Like, people were all over me. There was a particular summer when I was working in a, um, in a hotel um, environment, like a very busy summer season, full-on work for a few months. And then I was uh, trying to practice that egolessness. But it was actually the kind of environment that if you didn't show up for yourself and, like, drew a line, like, okay, I'm not going to work more than 12 hours a day, like give me a break if you didn't do that 
then people would just put more and more on you and some of those people weren't very nice or they were just not aware whatever it was a difficult experience but I then I realized okay in this kind of setup I need my ego very much so it this was kind of the starting experience to to think about these things and to write that book uh, and then it all comes I, I share a lot of stories in that book of why this is important like on a theoretical level but then I also wanted to give some practical tools that helped me at least um, and it's back to our emotions and it's back to our awareness of our emotions uh, because I felt like okay ego can be such a mental process again it's very easy to go into that thinking and analyzing state mm -hmm. uh, but then I thought because of also because of the path that I've been on that I guess was kind of focused on emotions I realized that this is the aspect of our experience that we're not taught to pay attention to as much as to other things like at school we are taught to uh, you know hone our intellect and co collect information and analyze and think but emotional education I didn't I, I haven't heard <laughs> of anything like that <laughs> So it feels like this is the part of work that a lot of us have to do uh, for ourselves. Oh, Green Leaf is saying <laughs> hello. So cute. We, I miss you so much. <laughs> wow, Marta. It's so nice to hear this perspective. And it's so, so, so important to talk about it because I have been there as well. When I started, you know, this self-inquiry when I started going deeper, when I started exploring my feelings, what am I about? When I started going deeper, 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 of course, what did I do first? I thought I need to be perfect straight away. And so, yeah, oh, I have this ego in this and I hate this and I hate being angry and I hate being jealous and I hate it. So what? So we create more resistance, more anger, more hate towards ourselves. We started the journey of self-discovery, self-love, self-compassion, and it starts with more hate. This doesn't make sense. And so I see a lot of people getting in there lost in that space and it can be so discouraging and it can be more hurtful like i would almost not want encourage anyone start this journey just because mm. this is such a dangerous spot like you can get so low and i've been like i think i've been like really i dragged myself really literally on the ground as i said to you like i few times i really like fell flat with my face on the ground and then I was dragged, you know, by all these experiences. That's how freaking dark they were. And so I just want to, yeah, I just want to tell others as well that, um, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, yes, I just want to say that, you know, man, ego is just a protective mechanism that's how i see it is i talked about it quite a bit in my recent interviews as well so i'm i was afraid that people would misunderstand me because i say well it's our ego it's our ego and i don't mean that ego is bad ego is good because it protects us in so many ways so so brilliant in fact but um, I am not my ego. That's another thing. So I am not only my ego. My ego is here to help me. My ego for the most of my life was here to control me. But now I am mature enough where I can observe where it, what is my ego and whether I really need to engage with my ego, whether I really need to listen to it and allow it to build these huge walls when someone is reaching out for love and wants to share love and exchange you know so this is such a subtle subtle game mm -hmm. and we have to be so careful and mm. i'm so 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 
impressed and grateful that you wrote this book and i also saw you know your twitter account at some point and you were like i'm sick of self like self-development uh from now on i'm going to talk about self-awareness <laughs> and so i i feel like it's maybe coming from a similar place maybe you can comment on that a little bit as well yeah very much it's it's a very similar place i guess because we it, it's the same thing it's instead of trying to do something like force some kind of change and getting rid of ego could be some this this kind of change it's i noticed many times that just becoming aware of something more than i was before this creates change organically in a way like i don't then i don't have to force that change and it's the same with uh, with the ego yeah I, i really like the way you put it that it's like it's a the way I heard it, at least, it's almost like there are times when the ego is useful and that protection, we need that protection when someone is genuinely attacking us or wants to take advantage of us or you just need to draw a boundary somewhere. And then you can use that ego as, yes, yeah, something that tells you where to draw that boundary. But then there are times when um, it could, it can be put aside, but, but put aside, not not pre not by pretending that it doesn't exist or anything like that but more like observing like okay someone is trying to connect with me right now for example for me going into romantic relationships you know especially the one that i have right now is my ego was trying to protect me from that as well in the very beginning like um so looking much. for th there is a person coming at me with genuine love and genuine openness and i can't see it because of my ego but it's oh but God. the way but the way to do it is not, I mean, I cannot pretend that it doesn't exist because that fear kept coming up that maybe this will end badly or someone will take advantage of me or whatever fears I, I had. If I see them, like what, what, is, what is really going on, then I can, can kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's like with the values that we spoke about before and being authentic. It's, it's I'm doing it despite that fear because I can see that this fear isn't coming from that place of what's happening right now. It, there, there's no genuine threat. It's just, there is a part of me that remembers, has a memory from the past. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and this fear is coming into the present, but then I don't want to be directed by that, by, by that fear. And yeah, with self-improvement and versus self-awareness. <laughs> um, I love that, I love that. It's like th there is this concept of spiritual bypass, but it can be also personal development bypass or whatever. Oh, it's just yeah. taking a potentially useful idea and kind of turning it against yourself. And I feel like with self-improvement, this is also what I did. Like I, I did a lot of what I could call mistakes on my journey, but they are not really mistakes because they allowed me to see something. Like, yeah, trying to be that person who wakes up at five in the morning and being very structured. <laughs> like, this is for, to me, I think so I always met to this. Yeah. <laughs> and like, always trying to be perfect and for, uh, for a good reason, you know, because I want to build a business or I want to build, like, I want to be, build something for myself, but then also to help others. And, <laughs> and that, but, but then I realized that this is coming again from a place of me not really accepting myself and I couldn't really settle. And I am in, the, in this space a little bit right now, um, still, uh, that it's very hard for me to be content with what I have. So my mind is always trying to look for ways to improve. And if it's improving myself, it's very often turning into like a subtle form of self-aggression almost mm -hmm. because then it's very easy to beat myself up. I guess it, it depends on the person. Maybe not, not everyone has this, has this problem. Um, I'm sure not everyone has this problem, 
but for me i have to kind of reverse the order so first i accept myself and become aware and kind of get rooted in where i'm at and from this place everything that i add to it is like more like a bonus but not a condition to love myself and to me this is a super important difference because if i do it the other way around and i try to improve and i say to myself okay if you're going to be this like you will be waking up at five or be able to <laughs> run a certain you know amount of kilometers or whatever improvement means for anyone only then i will be good enough to love myself and this is like this is super wow. it's tiring it's detrimental it's you you don't want to live like this so familiar though so relatable mm. I, i can't it's so <laughs> like yeah if i do it's like i have this expression you know when when i was a child it was like this you can't go outside and play until you've done your homework so that follows me until now like you mm -hmm. can't have happiness if you haven't achieved this this and that if you're not earning this amount of money if you are not in this particular way if you're you know and to me this was like like for how long will i waste my life being hard on myself you know and and sitting and trying my best to do it at homework <laughs> and you know not just allowing myself to be playful to be joyful you know like fuck it you i don't have any more parents around me here to tell me what i should and should not do i yeah. am my own parent so i can just play and go crazy and if i feel like working yes you know just allowing to yourself to 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 bring joy into your life instead of always being so freaking hard on yourself and that waking up five o'clock in the morning and doing all those routines. Oh my God, I would wake up five o'clock in the morning, um, go cycle around Arthur's seat. Then I would come back, I would do meditation, journaling, cold shower, yoga, and then I can do work. This was how I lived my life for some time. It was amazing sometimes, but, but, but what happened later when I couldn't uh, contain that crazy routine anymore, I was feeling so bad about myself. Oh my God, Agla, how you, you, you lost your routine. You're not worthy now. You're not a complete human being. You have no structure. Imagine for so long, I had to reinvent myself. So we have to be super gentle when we are doing any kind of self-work because it's so simple to become this kind of like yeah. stagnant stuck uh, kind of robot like so yeah i, I so hear you it's yeah. it's uh yeah actually what you said makes me think that it's maybe not as much what we decide to do like they, these routines are not bad in themselves or good mm -hmm. in themselves it's more like what kind of energy you do that with are you doing it just because just so you can feel worthy or are you doing it out of genuine drive because you know this will really set you up for the day and you feel like doing it and maybe you don't feel like doing it but you know that you will be better off after it so it's again like doing it from a place of self-love giving yourself a gift through that routine or almost like yeah giving yourself homework to do because before you can <laughs> enjoy yourself yeah I, I feel you as well and I think it's very nice that you can observe like that it comes where it comes from I don't know if it if it helps at all but it sounds like sometimes it it's maybe easier it helps for you yeah for sure i think it's quite important to recognize the patterns from the past so we can create new patterns mm. although at the same time i also have to point out that a story is a story so we shouldn't focus on the story so much like why is this happening rather just integrate the feeling allow yourself to feel but this is a whole other topic about going into feelings and really but 
I just want to say that for me, you know, my relationship with meditation and all the all the mindful practices shifted so much when I really do it because I know that it supports me because I know that it allows me to connect deeper with myself. It's just bringing pure intention into my mm -hmm. life. You know, like really the power of intention. I have heard about it before. I think I used it before, but never so powerfully as now. Intention, to set an intention before you go into anything, before you start anything. Like, why am I doing this? Or what help do I need? Or what clarity do I need? What am I trying to bring? Or maybe I'm just here to express my gratitude. And so if simple intention setting before any engagement, before any practice, before anything, that is such a game changer for me right now. Like every mm. time I go into some engagement or anything, I always intend that I speak from my heart, that I'm connected. And the more I intend, the more I can see that my heart is indeed in tune and is, is you know, things are coming from there rather than from here. So this journey mm -hmm. from here to there was also a, a trip in itself. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And and you it feels like you went through through this very fast like with what you've been creating in this past few months it almost feels a bit surreal how much you moved uh, on uh, and so does it have to do with changing the environment does it have to do with uh, discovering that power of intention uh, yeah how did how did that happen i'm curious like what what makes it possible to to go like yeah so so fast I, I think this is not entirely precise to say that because um, in, in fact, this journey is a very, very long process. It's been going on ever, you know, it's been going on for years now. It's just that I've gathered the best momentum to take action in the last months for, for because I created myself the space which I always was longing for. Mm -hmm. The space where I feel like I have a lot of space, like literal space, physical space, where I don't have to worry so much about my financial situation so I can really dedicate myself to creation and creativity and where I have direct access to nature and sun. And so I was always dreaming about these things. I knew that I need them to support me as a person. So the whole process was long, like all the dirt digging and like, all the experiences, exchanges, interactions, failures, feeling unproductive, um, feeling uh, lost, all this is a part of my mm -hmm. journey. It's just that last month, I really, you know, and I promised myself that from the new year, I, I had the structure, I, I revisited, like, you know, since I graduated from university, I uh, kept on wanting to do what I'm doing now. So it's been like, what, three years, I think? Three mm. years, I kept on one, but I had to go through such, you know, unique path to get to this place. And it was all valuable. It's just, yeah, at the beginning, it was long. And so, because, you know, the first step is always the hardest, the, you know, the most complicated. But once you do it, it's like you do the first step and the 50% of the achieve, achievement is already done. The momentum gathered. And once the momentum is gathered, that's the very initial momentum, then mm -hmm. everything is just like this, you know, snowballing because mm -hmm. you're already in the momentum. So building momentum for me took a long time because I had to overcome a lot of limiting beliefs. Mm. It's, I think it's very nice and honest that you say that because it's very easy to see, like even this is how I saw you for a moment, but then you made me aware that this is actually not accurate. It's very easy to see someone's success or someone moving forward just like that. And ah. then be like, 
how did they do this? You know, I, I, I could never do this. But then actually you sharing that how much is behind that process. And that actually right now it's more like you reaping the rewards of what you've been working through for many years now. Uh, things are coming together. It's, um, it's, it's more complete this way, I guess. It's more real. Yeah, the, the process is everything. But the things really start manifesting when you take action. So there was the whole process and I started taking action recently, like actively. And, and don't get me wrong, like I've been working my ass off <laughs> recent months. So like, especially, oh my God, like recent months, I've been just completely immersed into this work. Probably I have never so genuinely invested in myself. And I'm so like grateful for that. It's just a complete, you know, shifting everything. Like I've never worked so much for myself and so genuinely and so aligned. Um, so of course, uh, it is happening fast because I'm in alignment with what I do and what I believe in. But as I said, yeah, the process has been so long and I've been, you know, contemplating, making plans, taking courses, taking little different things and people, meeting different people uh, for like three years um, just for this particular activity, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, of mm -hmm. course, there was a whole different journey before that as well. Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, I just want to say... Um, Indeed, it is very easy to get tricked by people on social media. That is exactly why we're making this live. This is exactly what I keep, want to keep on making. This is what I want to keep on promoting. This honest, authentic chat, you know, sharing like simple words and just really raw stuff. Like, let's not pretend anymore. Because the way social media started, the, the way internet started, there was so much space for reinventing your persona and presenting your best self. But now everyone is sick of it, especially mm -hmm. because of coronavirus. Everyone is so much in online connecting. This is our way to be together now. So we have to inevitably show up as we are honest and represent that authenticity. And so nobody cares about fakeness anymore. We're here to really show up and talk about things which finally we can talk about you know and so i'm so grateful that i can do this with you i'm so grateful that you agree to to show up here and um yeah i guess we we will wrap start wrapping up and um i just wanted um to ask whether you have um you know anything else to add to share a message to people and then we'll, we'll go into you know the details or where where everybody can find you and all that Okay. I, I Now, actually, I, I became curious about one thing that you said about social media. And you said, you mentioned this before, that this is a part of what you do in your empowering ritual method. You, you said something about using social media to reinvent ourselves. And it resonates with me so much because I, since three days, maybe I've been posting live stories on LinkedIn, which is something that I've never done before. And I felt super self-conscious of, of speaking in public somehow. And this... I always watch people doing this, you know, and I'm like, oh, I, I could have something to say as well, but I'm so shy to do it. And so I decided I would just post whatever, like literally not for the sake of making a certain image of myself. Of course, with time, I would like to make this valuable and, and everything. But for now, the goal is just to show my face and, and just to record <laughs> my voice, like literally that. And I, and I imagine that as a sort of like an exercise for myself, like a practice to just get used to my own face, to just get used to that feeling of being exposed and putting myself on the spot where I don't really have anything prepared or at least, you know, not like I'm reading from a piece of paper, but I just <laughs> say something. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it, it, it's been three days, but it's, it feels like a very 
valuable practice, like something that I can actually use social media for something useful, at least for myself. So I'm, I was wondering what you meant with, uh, yeah, with you using it with your method uh, also. That's actually such a good question that you asked because I think this is a part which is very unclear. Uh, when I'm talking about empowering ritual method, I barely ever share this part somehow. So it's very awesome that you asked. So yes, I think one of the greatest values for people who really um, engaged in this method is that um, we access the point in our course when we are going... Um, when we are rediscovering uh, our connection with social media because social media a lot of us are like i hate social media so much i hate showing up there i hate you know do, do you have the feeling when you feel oh i should post something so people don't forget about me <laughs> and totally and this is so and this is such bullshit because if we post from that energy what do you think others will perceive <laughs> you think people are just like you know they everybody can feel this is like energy we invest so if i put this energy where i'm like i can't be bothered and i hate what i'm doing other people through, behind the screen they will sense it in one way or another if you start seeing everything as an energetic exchange about what i'm talking about you know in my course and in general energetically you have to be very aligned so we are now taking a completely different approach to social media and through through empowering ritual method we go into sessions where we are going really really into like guidelines and um practical uh, workbooks on, on how to use social media from a conscious place from intentional place from alignment because I truly believe that social media can be used as a great manifestation tools where we need to truly connect on a deep, authentic level where we can exchange like paradigm shifting ideas and you know, we, we can really create a change. Like I truly believe that and I think it all comes down to what energy we show up with. So um, there's a lot of practical work around it. And I actually saw today one of the members who took the, the course today, how she embraced it and how she showed up on social media because we all have so much insecurity about it. And so seeing her today on her stories, telling people that she completely decided to change her life, that she quit the job she hates, that she wants to focus on the things she cares about and she's aligned with, and she was shining. She was speaking in a different language, so I couldn't even understand, but I said, your energy spoke because I could feel where you're coming from. And that was so beautiful, you know? Wow, this is really, it's, it's something that I haven't heard before, you know, someone talking about social media in this way, because I guess there is so much um, advertising and like advice on how to use social media to sell, to reach more people, to have more followers, da, 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 da. But this is a completely different motivation that, than what you're describing, because the way you described it to me, it sounds like, first of all, it's, it's a personal development tool or technique and a way to connect with others. It's, yeah, it's the work that you do for the sake of your own growth and the growth around you. And then, of course, it can, I, I believe that it can still serve as your marketing tool. But then these two things are so much more aligned. And you're speaking, as you said, with a different kind of energy. And now it stroke me when you spoke about it, like the way I was posting on social media for some time. Like I try not to do this anymore, but I know exactly what you're talking about, this energy of oh my god I have to post something on Facebook like what do I do okay I write something and then people don't respond to it yeah. oh, of course, what did you expect 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so funny. I I deal experiences with my being, so I really know that that doesn't work. So I say to people, if you feel like you have nothing to say, just don't say. Take a break. Step up. Step out. Step down. You know, and just take time to connect with yourself, with your values, and see what you can bring. Because everything we post, there's so much bullshit already. There's so much information. Do I want to contribute to that, like digital mm. landfill? Do I want to contribute and trash? Or do I need to intentionally, um, you know, you need to think about um, digital sustainability as well, basically, and be very kind of um, aware of that ecosystem and um, how you, what impact are you making? It's like, we have this wonderful tool to transcend consciousness. Fuck, you know, is this not crazy? Mm -hmm. Like when I was born, people could not even imagine that this is going to be real. And it is. So we have to show up for it, like with this, with the best we can, with our purest heart intention. Mm. And so, yeah, that's what we really go into the depths of um, through empowering ritual method as well. So thank you so much for bringing this up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. that's exciting. But yeah, let's uh, let's try to wrap up, maybe. So, yes, I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I feel like we had such a wonderful exchange. Like, I loved, I love talking to you. And this is my first live with another person. So, you know, I was also not sure how it's going to go. It could have went so many ways. But because we had this intention and we have a clear message, it was just so effortless. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, mm. I, I felt so at ease all the time and it's just a pleasure. And maybe this is uh, one of many. Who knows? That, yes, that would be so nice. So, yeah. so I really, really want um, people to know where they could find your work. And especially for those who are focusing on mindfulness and incorporating mindfulness in their writing. If you need any support in writing, in um positioning yourself as a writer Marta has like thousands of followers on medium she really nailed that platform she really knows what she's talking about she published a book she has all this knowledge which I like really encourage uh, her to share with others and others to really come to her for help so where people can find you Marta so the easiest way is my website selfawareness.blog um, and there you can subscribe to my email list. Oh my god, I feel so weird saying that. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> yeah, and and also email me. Maybe that's uh, that's the best way. So it's Marta at selfawareness.blog. Um, if anyone wants to reach me, it would be amazing to hear from you. Yes, and I would. And what about you, Egle? Where can <laughs> we find you and uh, sign up for your uh, well workshops? coaching i'm not sure how to call it because it's such a unique method i don't feel like uh, labeling it is a good uh, way to do it you know so yeah first of all i just wanted to say that i really genuinely encourage um to reach out to martha like she's just so open and she has so much to share and just for simple advice or just you know just if you want to connect with this kind of being uh, just message i'm sure that you would be open to just exchange uh, emails and open your heart to to yeah. someone who's really keen to hear more about what you are doing um but yeah uh, going to what where you can find my stuff i think i've been really like talking about it so much but uh just to say that empowering ritual method um we're starting a course in april so um there are still um availabilities if you really feel like this if you feel called to um deeper 
go deeper into your transformation, especially reconnect with your creativity and see immediate results by the end of the course with your project, with whatever you want to do. I have to mention that you don't have to clearly know what you want to do because we are working on it. We're working in um, clarifying and, um, and yes. And so if you feel called to, you can find the link in bio, of course. You can DM me if you have any questions. But I also want to say for those who don't feel ready to take such an intense journey, you can also get in touch for me for one-to-one -one sessions. I'm open for that. And I'm still open for um, just visual work consultations if anybody needs any help with that. Like I'm still um, really doing that work because I love it. So yeah, so um, yeah, I think that's visual, it. I can, I can put a quality stamp on. I mean, I haven't been that much in your ritual method, so I, I can't feel like I can vouch for it from experience, but your visuals, wow, this is something... Again, I've never seen anywhere else. Oh, thank you so much. So glad to hear that you're still open for business in that uh, respect. Oh, yeah. Like you're Always. still never free that side. <laughs> so, yes. So thank you so much, Marta. Thank you for those who were uh, tuned in. It's incredible. But we did have some people who watched. And for those who are going to watch in the future, my love, my energy is with all of you. Like, I really hope that this conversation will serve you well. <laughs> thank you, Egla, for this opportunity and great conversation. And yeah i'm sending you love your way and uh, to everyone who is listening it was beautiful thank you so much for listening to this episode for connecting with me with us in such intimate and beautiful way i appreciate your presence and as always you can connect with me for whatever reason idea message conversation thing you want to share and you can find me on my website egle-slowlands.com Thank you again for connecting and I send you love.